Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Alec will go right because he wants to get to his left hand. Come downhill on this play. Pick from Booker. He swirls back to his left hand to the rack. Layup good. It is locked on Jazz for the 29th of July. Alec Burks or Joe Ingles. Who should be the fourth wing? Can either of them make their teammates better? We break that down, plus how will Neto stars for Brazil last night, and a few other thoughts around the NBA on this Friday edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. It's an absolute pleasure to be bringing you another edition of Locked on Jazz today. Friday edition. Uh, subscribe on iTunes to get the feed, please. Five, or your podcatcher. I'm an Android guy, so I shouldn't just say that. Uh, or please, please, pretty please, five stars. It's just fabulous. Appreciate that. Uh, and, and a review. Those things matter. So thank you, uh, very much for doing those. The Locked On Podcast Network announced yesterday, I believe it's kind of all happening fast, the Houston Texans have joined in, so Locked On Texans. I hope you got to hear the Locked On Fantasy Basketball show yesterday uh, that Josh Lloyd put out, uh, formerly Red Rock, about the redo of the 2014 NBA draft. I thought that was pretty interesting. I liked that show. Uh, Rodney Hood, obviously, a huge part of that 2014 uh, NBA draft. Things that are out there for you today on the Lockdown Podcast Network. If you like the Eastern Conference, Addy Joseph uh, joined Lockdown Hornets to predict what's going on there. Two of the funniest guys on the network, Fred Katz of Lockdown Thunder and Lockdown Clippers, DJ Foster, got together. Uh, and that is obviously a good deal of fun whenever uh, those two check base together. So make sure uh, you grab those. Eric Gunders- Garcia Gunderson is doing a nice job on Lockdown Blazers. Uh, as well. So there's some good, good products out there for you. Locked on Saints is at training camp. I think Locked on Buccaneers will debut here shortly. Locked on Texans supposed to debut. Uh, I have a, oh, I'll make the announcement now. You guys can have it. I haven't made it officially. So, uh, Matt Williamson, if you're a football fan, he hosted football today for ESPN for about 10 years. He will be the national host of Locked On NFL, the way I do Locked On NBA. He'll do Locked On NFL. The only difference is he'll do it daily. I can't do Locked On NBA daily. There's some scenarios where Locked On NBA can become daily with multiple hosts. but uh, So that's... That's the plan. Uh, that's the announcement that's coming today. You guys just got it first. Again, thanks for your support of Locked on Jazz. Uh, without you, it would uh, not not happen otherwise. All right, let's, uh, let's get rolling. Uh, next week, we'll move into interviews and uh, old versions of guys in the whole fun um, get-to-know interviews that we've done over the years past. Uh, of our jazz players, there's just not enough news for me to uh, 
bore you to death every day with, with this. All right, let's go to pins across the world. We always open with this. You can email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's d9, dlock09 at gmail.com. Uh, there's, as I said yesterday, kind of, I'm just almost going and redoing some. Uh, I have a collection. I also will take new ones. Uh, so please send them to me. There's just always um, ones that kind of slip through. For example, um, Jeremy Pitt seems to have slipped through. You can put a pin in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I moved to Utah in the fall of 97 to attend the U. I got to watch both the Utes and the Jazz lose in the championship that spring. I've been a Jazz fan ever since. You make it easier uh, for me to stay a Jazz fan while living in Charlotte a few years ago while my wife attended pharmacy school. C-School, now we've moved to Milwaukee and are expecting our first child. They've had that child by now because he sent this on January 14th. So to the Pitt family, congratulations. Uh, I'm going to try my best to get my daughter to love the Jazz. He, uh, thanks for all you do. That's Jeremy Pitt. That's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and they have a new baby. All right, awesome. Uh, send me yours. Love to have you. And we'll just kind of randomly select them as time goes on over the next uh, period of time. So, all right, let's get to the tip-off story of the day. Uh, Andy Bailey who does a good job on Twitter. Really good job. Uh, that kind of sounded almost dismissive. I didn't mean it to be at all. Uh, kind of tweeted out the other day with all sorts of interesting advanced numbers whether or not Joe Ingles or Alec Burks should be the uh, third wing. And, and it's, a, it's a really interesting discussion because I think that they both bring such different things that there's no clearly defined answer uh, to the game. I mean, Alec takes 23% of his shots from three, has a 25% usage rate. So when Alec is on the floor, Alec is using 25% of the possessions, and he has a 14% assist rate. Joe Ingles couldn't be more different. Instead of 23% of his shots from three, 62% of his shots are from three. And he has a 13% usage rate. So he's like last resort using an offensive possession. And a 21% assist rate. Uh, the defensive rebounding rate, I think, is really important here. The, the organization really saw one of the late-game problems last year with the defensive rebounding due to Alec's injury. Uh, and Alec grabs 14% of all defensive rebounds when he's on the floor, which is not great, but it's good for a guard. Uh, and Joe Ingles grabs 12%. So that that's important to look at, that Alec is a much better defensive player. What, what's interesting here, though, is that Alec is a 25% usage rate player. He obviously scores more points, but he's far less efficient. In fact, in pack, Alec is a minus .5, and Joe Ingles is a positive plus 2. If you start to kind of dig into what they're good at and look at it that way, Joe Ingles is an exceptional spot-up shooter. In fact, he's one of the best in the league. His corner three last year was 49%. And so this begins to get interesting, if, depending on how what the Jazz rotation is and who's on the floor, how good Trey Lyles becomes in regards to his efficiency. Do you want a 13% usage rate player on the floor, or do you want a 25% usage rate player on the floor? 45% of Joe Ingles' possessions are all spot-ups. 62% of his shots are three. He doesn't take very many shots. But he's in the 94th percentile as a spot-up shooter in the league. He doesn't do well if he has to make a play off the pick and roll. He's in the bottom 15%. He's not particularly good in transition. He's only His isolation is limited. 
He's a purely spot-up shooter. And if he's unguarded, he's in the 90th percentile. It takes him a long time to get that shot off. So that's who he is. He's a ball mover, spot-up shooter. Now, with a very low usage rate. Alec Burks, on the other hand, is a high usage rate. 25% is really high. He is okay on the pick and roll when he has the ball in his hands. He's 63% of his possessions, or 63%, right? So he's above average. He's another one of our pick and roll options that's above average. He's not good in isolation, despite what you might think. What's interesting about Alec is he's not good at the rim. You know, when you talk about Alec, the first thing that comes into your mind is Craig Bullerjack, Houdini, and all of the stuff he does around the rim and how great he is. But the, but the unfortunate thing is he's not. The league average shooting at the rim is 60% or 1.2 points per shot. Alec Burks at the rim is 52.3% or 1.04 points per shot. So he he's not a he's, he drives a lot. He gets inside the restricted. He's actually not very good there. When he gets in the paint, non restricted area, he's the league average is forty percent last year, and Alec is at thirty two percent, thirty three percent. So again, not very good there. the The mid range shooting in the NBA last year was thirty nine point nine. It's all up, by the way. Very interesting. League average mid range shooting uh, jumped up from. Last year, from about 0.78 points per shot to 0.8 points per shot. Just a little uptick. Alec is at 32%. He's 0.64 points. So when Alec drives to the basket, the league average at the restricted area is 1.2 points per shot, and Alec is 1.04. If he stops in the paint non-restricted area, he's 0.66. The league average is 0.8. If he stops in the mid-range, he's 0.64. The league average is 0.8. None of those three things are good. It's why Alec is a negative, considerably negative point. Negative point five is a lot. Pack player. What's interesting about him is he's career three point shooting is thirty six point five percent. Spot up shooting, he's good. He's at forty one forty percent. Alec Burks is an eighty three percentile in the league spot-up shooter. His effective field goal percent on spot-up shots last year is 53%. He just doesn't do it. So there's a little question of here. If you ask Alec if you think he's better off the bounce or shooting, he says he's better off the bounce. It's actually probably not true. He's probably better catch and shoot. So there's an interesting kind of evolution here on whether Alec Burks' game evolves because I'm not sure if he's on the floor with Joe Johnson or Trey Lyles. Uh, or maybe he's on the floor with Joe Johnson and Trey Lyles and George Hiller that you want this 25% usage rate drive to the basket guy. Maybe he plays off Joe Johnson. Maybe he plays off Trey Lyles. Maybe he plays off George Hill. Now that's pretty good. But that's, frankly, what Joe Ingles does really, really well. One of the best spot-up shooters in the league. He's got to have space and time, but with our team next year, he might have more space and time. It's it's interesting. They're very, very different players who each have their things they do well, but what's interesting also about it when it gets down to it is one of Alex's strengths is his three-point shooting. He's a 43% corner three shooter last year, and he's probably got to do a bit more of that. 
uh, if you look at how the team reacted to the two of them, when Ingles was on the floor last year, the offense really scuffled. Now, that might have been our bench units. When I, the, the offense, when he was off the floor, was 104.7. When it was on, it was 99.7. Now, that's a lot. So that's either a statement that Joe's lack of ball creation is just, and the fact that he just is not a threat off the bounce really restricts the team. Uh, or that he played with bench guys and our bench wasn't good. You know, it could be anything. There's just so much noise in that. But it's worth noting that, you know, there's a full five points per 100 possession difference. What's interesting is that the defense was virtually the exact same with Joe Ingles on the floor. You'd think of Joe as a poor defensive player. I'm just not sure that's true. I haven't looked at real plus minus, which is supposedly a better number. But so when Joe's on the floor defensively, we're virtually the exact same. We're .3 different. When Alec is on the floor, the offense last year was less good uh, by um, – he was. we were 100.7 when he was on the floor. And when he's off, it was 103.8. It's a little, that's not what you'd suspect. Again, so much noise could be defensively, we were less good when Alec was on the floor. So when Alec was off the floor, we were plus three. When he was on the floor, we were minus two. When Joe was off the floor, we were plus three. When he was off the floor, we were minus two. Again, almost the exact same impact. Negatively, a huge difference there, five point, minus five difference where the bench is just so important this year. But interesting, the impact, the impact on Joe's is all offense, no defense. Alec is a little of each. Burke's offensive rebounding rate, Burke, Alec hits the offensive glass. When Alec is on the floor, we have a 28% offensive rebounding rate, which is really high. When Joe's on, we don't. But Joe, interestingly, is a better, we have a better defensive rebounding rate. When Joe's on the floor than with Alec. Team played faster with Alec, shot better with Joe. All right, final one here. I don't have a definitive answer, by the way, if you're wondering. I think it's very interesting. I don't think, maybe what I do think is I'm not sure I think it's outlandish that Joe Ingles could take some minutes from Alec Burks. Is I guess what I don't think is outlandish. I think there's, there's matchups here where... With the right player, maybe it's better that Joe Ingles is on the floor with Joe Johnson and on the floor with George Hill. I don't know. Maybe Alec is better if he passes, if he becomes a better passer. Alec has not had a high assist rate. Right? Alec has a 14% assist rate, so when he's driving going to the basket, he's not creating a lot for other people. Here's what's interesting is neither of them had any positive impact on our three main scorers. So when Alex on the floor, Hayward, and, and you would think Alex's offensive presence and his driving and, 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 and the, the pressure he puts on the rim and, and the demand that he has would make his teammates, give his teammates more room. You would think that Joe's passing and ball moving and good three-point shooting would give his teammates some more room and have them have, neither seems to be true. So Hayward shoots three percentage points better from the field and six percentage points better when Burks is off the floor. Rodney Hood shoots um, about the exact same. His effective field goal percentage is the exact same. His shooting percentage is up. His threes down. Uh, exact same. Uh, his turnover rate's way up for some reason. Favors shoots three percentage points better when Burks is off the floor. 
How about on how about on Ingles? Gordon shoots three percentage points better from the field and six percentage points better from three. The exact same difference. Rodney Hood shoots six percentage points better with Ingles off the floor and eight percentage points better from three. And Favors shoots seven percentage points better with Ingles off the floor. So what's what's I think going to be important maybe more than anything else, and there's a lot of noise in these statistics, so you got to be a little careful, but what these show me is that neither Joe Ingles or Alec Burks were able to have a positive impact on their teammates or the team when on the floor singularly. And the question is going to be whether the improved depth allows either Joe Ingles' great spot-up shooting and ball moving and length defensively to assist the team better, or whether it's going to allow Alec Burks's driving to the basket, putting pressure on the cup, and, and to do the same. Those are, I think, the areas where it's going to be interesting to see if the improved depth helps either of these players. The other thing I would say is this shows me that Joe Johnson and George Hill are crazy important to the Jazz success this year. That they've really, those are the guys that have to have good years, positive impact uh, on this team. So I, I thought that was worth the look. There's a lot of numbers in there. There's a lot of stuff. Um, you know, there's a lot of noise, too. Uh, you know, one thing that a bunch of personnel people with the Jazz have, have said to me is, realize that Alec has never played with a good Trey Lyles. So Alec is a driver trying to get to the basket, and almost all the time he's been playing with a non-space floor with either Trevor Booker, Derek Favors, or Rudy Gobert. Now, maybe he now plays with Joe Johnson and as a four, Alec as a three. Maybe Ingles is in there on the floor together. Um and and that spaces some floor spaces some floor and gives him more opportunities and he becomes a better player in that regard. All right, so that's just you know it's something to chew on. Uh, how will Neto play? Oh, by the way, Jazz season tickets for next year are available. Uh, and if there's ever going to be a great season to be a part of, this is it. Uh, lower bowl tickets start at forty two dollars. Upper bowl start at six and an eight day seven night stay in Mexico. With your season tickets. Call 801-355-DUNK for more details. Partial season tickets are also available. By the way, if you'd like to advertise on Locked on Jazz, you can. You can also advertise on Locked on NBA. Let me tell you what you'd get. You'd get men between the ages of 25 and 44, really. 25 and 44, 98% men. Listen to this show. So if your target audience is men 25 to 44, this is the program you should be advertising on. You've got passionate, interested people, uh, and you can email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. I like numbers. I'll tell you exactly. 35% of the audience is 25 to 34. 33% of the audience is 35 to 44. So 68% of our audience is 25 244. They listen at work. They listen on their run. You listen wherever and whenever. And I greatly appreciate your dedication uh, to what we do every day on this program. The audience is just fabulous. So thank you. If you'd like to advertise, email me at dlock at 09 at gmail.com. All right. The uh, Howell Neto was really good last night. 
Uh, I wonder, I talk so much about Rodney Hood and Rudy Gobert in their next years as roles. I wonder how good Howell Neto might be. I still think that Neto's uh, contract situation gives him an edge over Mac long-term. And the fact that Howell's pretty good. Uh, 19 points last night for Brazil, 6 of 7 shooting, 4 of 4 from 3, 3 assists in 18 minutes. So, uh, really doing a nice, did a nice job. David Lee signs with the Spurs, two-year deal. Um, it's interesting. I kind of like it. Actually, I always thought he might end up on the Jazz. Bartlestein is his agent. We have a lot of contacts with him. I thought it was a good match, and then we made the D out deal. Um, I, I would keep trying on that one. I, it's so bizarre to me that he's become a dinosaur in the league that fast. Uh, the Clippers are in an arena search that's, that's really interesting to watch. So the Clippers want their own identity. They want out from under the Lakers. They also are having all sorts of media problems, getting good TV deals and getting, as well as getting, um, good, uh, radio deals. They've had some problems there. I wonder if they're having some advertising problems because they don't get all of them. There, there's, I, I, Steve Ballmer, who lives in Seattle, is the owner. I, I would suspect, I'm just going to throw this out, Seattle's going to become an issue here with the Clippers. I think Seattle's going to become an issue. I think he's going to use it for leverage. But the pros of being in L.A. right now for Steve Ballmer are the media market, the fan market, um, the side, the pop. I don't think any of those are working to his benefit right now. The NFL's just come back into L.A. That market's getting even harder for him to deal with. There's a chance of a second NFL team coming in there. At some point, you wonder whether or not he's better off being back as the only NBA team in there in Seattle. Now, getting an arena and a bunch of things are very hard, but he has financial wherewithal. I, I just keep an eye on that story. I, I think there's something there. And I want to throw something out about a player who really interests me. Uh, and maybe my guys on Lockdown Lakers should talk about this more. But I am interested on Jordan Clarkson. So Jordan Clarkson, in two years in the NBA, has put up high points per game, decent other numbers per game, while playing on an absolutely awful, awful team. And when you dig into his efficiency, in 14-15, he was a minus .1 pack, and I was like, okay, that's not bad. Last year, he became a minus .8 pack player. He stopped going to the free throw line. He started shooting more threes. He's not a particularly efficient player. Uh, he's a minus .8 pack player. He averaged 16 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists, but somebody had to on that terrible team. And so I think Jordan Clarkson is worth keeping an eye on because there is a chance that he's just not that good, that he is just simply a player that puts up numbers, uh, that puts up numbers in on a bad team. So just chew on that for a moment or two. All right, have a great day. Uh, coming back, probably back with you on Tuesday next week with a get-to-know player interview. I'll try to interview Thurl and Ron as well. I'll have some of those interviews for you. There'll still be a lot of content. It just won't be daily again until about September 12th. Thanks so much for your commitment to Locked On Jazz and appreciate it. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network.